As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Late night Midnight on the interstate And I didn't feel so great Until I saw the city well, welcome everybody. 250 people in this room, and I think about 400 people signed up. Uh, thanks for everybody for joining this latest Ask Russo uh, off-season edition with Billy Guerin, the Wild General Manager. We're also recording this for Straight from the Source, my podcast. That'll come out on Friday. If you're not an Athletic subscriber, now's the time to get in. Go to theathletic.com slash straight from the source. you get in for a dollar a month. Uh, Billy, uh, this is the most relaxed I've been in like three weeks because I know for the next hour you're probably not making a trade. Hopefully. Yeah, you never know. But, uh, <laughs> good, to see you. good to see you relax. Yeah. You didn't know that, uh, that part of this commitment is that also for the next three or four weeks, I get to job shadow you. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Like ride along with like the police and. Yeah, we'll lock in a closet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, my, my guest uh, for the next hour here is uh, Wild General Manager Billy Guerin, who just uh, told Craig Leopold that he can't pick him up at the airport. Uh, Billy played 18 years in the NHL on eight teams, won two Stanley Cups as a player, two as an executive with the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. He ranks sixth amongst U.S.-born players with 429 goals, seventh with 130 power play goals, and third with 77 game-winning goals, 12th with 856 points. Uh, what, three or four Olympics, uh, Billy? Three. Three. Three Olympics, yeah. won a gold at the World Cup of uh, Hockey. I covered that one. Um, let's see. I think you played in three or four All-Star games. I know you were the MVP of the 2001 All-Star game in Denver because, uh, because that, was, uh, that was a memorable game because that was the game that Mario Lemieux came back uh, as yeah. well. And I think you were on a – if I remember, you played with Doug Wade and Tony, Tony Amani maybe? Yeah. 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 Yep. And you guys were absolutely unbelievable. 
Um, and then you would play it in the game down in Florida, which was, I think, the same time that one of the, that the space shuttle exploded coming back, which kind of put a whole. Uh, I don't know if you remember that. That was that was a sad time. And then 2004 here in Minnesota, and then the 07 All Star game, which I think uh, still that you might have been robbed of the MVP that game. That was the uh, game that you played with Brian Ralston, if I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Could have been robbed. I don't know. <laughs> um, well, Billy, let me ask you. I mean, first of all, this this off season, I want to. We got a ton of questions, uh, so I obviously am not going to be able to get to every single one. And one thing I do want to preface is I got a lot of questions asking Billy about players on other teams. And uh, just so you know, uh, free agency doesn't start till October 9th, so we can't talk about any of those players. And if you're asking about guys that you might like on other teams that could be acquired via trade. That would probably be deemed uh, tampering by Coley Campbell Belly, so I won't put you in that position to ask you, uh, what, you, you. what you think of uh, certain players. But um, obviously, the last week has been a, a very busy offseason for you. You acquired Nick Bukestead. You uh, signed Jonas Bourdain to a $42 million deal over the next seven years. Actually, takes him uh, eight years into the future. And then you uh, acquired Marcus Johansson from the Buffalo Sabres for Eric Stahl. Um, where do you want to start with that? Because it was obviously one of these weeks where uh, it's just bang, bang, bang. Every single day you're, you're, you're making moves. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I guess I could start with, uh, with Brodeen. I mean, you know, obviously something that uh, we've been working on for a while. Um, you know, the, these are long-term deals are difficult to do. And um, there, there's just a lot, there's a lot that goes into it, a lot of work. Um, Chris O'Hearn is, is like our, our contract guy and he did a ton of research and getting all the comparables and, you know, Jonas's agent, Peter Wallen, who's a really good guy, a fair guy. And, uh, he does the same on their side. So they quite, a, quite a bit going back and forth. And, and, um, you know, I, I kind of come in, you know, I, I guess, uh, you know, towards the end, uh, when we're getting close and, um, but, you know, we were just, we, we, Peter and I had talked, uh, you know, during the season before the break, um, you know, before the pandemic hit and, and talked about keeping Jonas here for, for a long, long time. And, um, you know, his desire to do that, our desire to do that. So there was definitely a deal to be made. Um, and we're just really happy it worked out. We think it, uh, you know, it's fair for both sides. I think when you can walk away from a negotiation, uh, and, and feel that way that, that it's really good. Yeah, he is a tough, you know, that was always going to be a tough comparable because he, he's so defensive minded, not very offensive minded. So it's hard to come up with the metrics on that. I, I always thought six would get it done, especially when you see guys like, like Tyler Myers with the Vancouver Canucks in the $6 million range. You just knew that Jonas was going to get a big time pay, pay raise, but how difficult is a contract negotiation when the value is on numbers that might not be easily used as comparable to other defensemen that might be, uh, you know, sharpshooters and offensive minded guys. Well, I mean, it, it, it can be difficult, but if you don't, I, I think the reason we were able to get it done is because we understand, we understand the wild understand where Jonas Brodeen's true value is. And that is in his elite defensive play. Um, the way he can stand people up at the blue line, they, they don't enter our zone often when he's on the ice. His penalty killing, his, his coming out of the defensive zone, those are the things that we really put a value on. 
and a lot of times you're right, it doesn't show up on paper, but we know it. We know how good he is. Um, you know, is he, you know, one of these guys that's on the first power play unit and, you know, putting up 50 points a year? No, he's not. But that doesn't mean he doesn't have great value. So, um, you know, we could, we can speculate, his agent could have speculated like that, you know, Jonas is going to have this big offensive outburst and this and that. We don't need him to do that. We need him to continue to be who he is. And that, that's where we put place the value. Right. Um, obviously, he gets the no-move clause that goes with Ryan Suter and uh, Jared Spurgeon. So you know what my next question is. That, uh, you know, you do the math, and obviously you could, you could protect eight skaters in the next expansion draft. But I think it, it almost signals that potentially Matt Dumba could be in play at some point, whether that's now, next season, uh, before the expansion draft. How, how money – I mean, you've been pretty candid about that, the fact that you're getting a lot of calls on him. Do you, do you feel a necessity to do this now, or, or can you wait? Absolutely not. I don't feel a necessity to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt's, Matt's a, a very good player. We like him. Um, he's very de- dedicated to, to our team. Um, he's a good teammate. All those, uh, he's got so many great qualities about him. So just because you get calls or, or things seem to be pointing in a certain way doesn't mean I, I, I have interest in doing it. If something will help make us better, I'll do it. But Mm -hmm. that's not the case right now. So, um, no, I have no rush. I have no, like, I like having Matt Dumba on our team. Mm -hmm. And we can protect him. We we can, you know, we we can do that. So um, there's no rush. I'm under no pressure at all to to do anything. Um, But going back, you know, you asked about a couple other guys to – you know, to add Nick Bukestad, it was, you know, for Nick, I had talked to Jim a, a couple times about Nick, and I, I know him from being in Pittsburgh, but, you know, when Jim called me and, and said, hey, this is the price, um, I it just made sense. I mean, it's it's great value for a player like Nick who, who and a player who's motivated to, you know, he needs to get his career back on track, um, and he wants to continue to play in this league and, and make an impact. So, it's good to have guys like that. Um, and then, uh, uh, again, Marcus Johansson, you know, it, he, he's a guy that I saw a ton, uh, you know, earlier in his career with uh, when he was with Washington. And uh, we would see Washington every year in the playoffs in Pittsburgh. And, um, you know, I've always had a tremendous amount of respect for his skill game, his skating, hockey sense, all that stuff. Um, Ken, both of those guys, Nick and – uh, Marcus can both play center and wing. Uh, the, the versatility there is great. So uh, that can definitely help us. It, it's, you know, it, it's, uh, it's just one of those things that, uh, that made sense at the time. Do you, uh, you know, with, with that, I mean, obviously he had a great playoff with the Boston Bruins a couple of years ago at wing. Uh, the Capitals and the, and the Devils, it seemed like they turned him to wing. Um, he didn't fare that well last year at center. What makes you guys confident that you can, if he's going to play center here, you know, get him back to that point that where he was a natural center and a productive one early in his career? Yeah, I, I think it's just a matter of consistency and, um, you know, making the decision to play him there. Um, but you know what? Also like these guys, like the versatility is really important. If, if they can give us, uh, you know, you know, games at center for a short amount of time, and then, 
we can switch somebody else in there if it's just not working like that that's that's a possibility also i mean to have versatility on your team is really important so um, guys that can play that role um, even if it's for short periods of time and, and flip-flop in and out is something that we can do also it's it, it as of right now the way our team stands it's hey look we're gonna have to be uh deep at center by committee um you know there there is there's only a few Crosby's, McDavid's, and guys like that out there. And, you know, everybody asks, well, why don't you just trade for a number one center? Well, who, who gives up a number one center? You know, and, yeah. and that just, it just doesn't happen in this world, you know. So you, you tend to have to draft those guys. Very confident in the guys that, that I have on, on, on the board in front of me. And, um, you know, that's the way we're, we're, we're positioned right now. And I'm, I'm really confident in these guys. Yep. I have so many questions, but I did notice uh, one of the Q&A questions here said, can Bill elaborate on what Elliot Friedman said on my podcast yesterday that you have, quote, brass ones? <laughs> so the What's reason that? Uh, that you have brass ones, uh, the context of that was that was Matt Dumba, actually, that, that GMs are going to call you. And if you want a number one center, you're just not going to you know trade him for anything that you're going to stand firm. And just if, if you don't get what you want, you will hold tight. Yeah, I mean, he's saying I you have guts. Yeah, I, I don't know if that 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 means I have guts or what, but it just, you know, things had things just have to make sense, right? And, you know, what might make sense for us might not make sense for for somebody on the outside. But we know our players better than anybody. We know our situation better than anybody. So we're we're gonna hold on for for whatever that move is and. You know, sometimes the best thing to do is nothing at all. Right. Uh, we're talking with Billy Guerin, the Wild GM. Uh, Billy, just a ton of questions here. Um, here's a good question. Jacob Macy asks, how do you guys think that a virtual draft without on-the-floor meetings could affect draft day trades, if at all? Um, do, do you feel like uh, – I mean, it's going to be very different this year where you don't get to meet in Montreal uh, in hotel rooms with fellow GMs. You don't get to – you know, have those sides, sides, you know, chats on the draft floor when all of us meteor uh, on the risers. I would, I would have liked just one, just yeah. one regular draft to get through before all this yeah. nonsense happened. And it's just, hey, it, this is the way we're going to do it. I, you know, the fact that everything's got to be done by phone could slow things down. Um, it could stretch things out um, because you can't get things done as, as quickly um but i don't know we've never done this so it's a it's a whole new world for everybody uh i'm excited about it i'm excited for the draft i i, I think um you know the our the nhl has done such a great job in in everything they've done to be honest with you like i mean with the the lottery with the bubble so i'm very very confident that this is going to be run very smoothly and, and we're going to have success at it right um, Billy, uh, got a question and I've gotten this a lot lately is I don't know who wrote it or where it came from, but that, that lately there just seems to be, uh, this belief that you're being pushed to, to take Minnesotans, garner Minnesotans, acquire Minnesotans and to get better at regional scouting. Is that at all accurate? Uh, let me be clear. I don't care where a guy's yeah. from. I could care less if he's from Minnesota, Massachusetts, Michigan, California, or Moscow. I don't care. Um, I want the best players that we can get. And yeah. if he happens to be from Bloomington, Minnesota, then so be it. 
And if he's, if he's not, then uh, no problem. I, I don't care where a person's from. Yeah. The, the story that has now gained legs just seems to make very little sense to me just for what you reason, but also the fact that it, it almost seems like Craig, the, the belief was that Craig Leopold's the one pushing this and one Craig's from Wisconsin, but two Craig's owned this team for 12 years. I think that Craig wants to win a Stanley cup too. And is not, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if uh, acquiring Minnesotan is going to make a huge difference in his, uh, you know, in terms of. No, it's, no, it's funny how these stories start, but I, I yeah, I, I don't know where they start, yeah. but that's just not the case. This is not the Montreal Canadiens of the Midwest here. Um, you, you've, you've talked a lot, uh, Billy, you were pretty candid on my podcast and you've said it before that, that there needs to be changes here that you've got to figure out why this team hasn't gotten over the hump and that maybe, you know, one big, thing is to make changes and that might have led potentially to you know the 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 decision not to bring Miko back the decision to trade Eric Stahl obviously you're trying to get younger and faster and more skilled as well um how how much do you how much does did though that lead into the decisions again nothing against I mean nobody's saying that Stahl is a bad teammate it's the contrary no 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 yeah but but I mean how much I'll be honest with you those guys they're they're great guys like Mm -hmm. I you know you know, I, I've particularly gotten close to Miko over the over the past year, and I he's an awesome guy. Like he really is, and this is just part of the job that that you know. You, I sat tight for a year, and and you have to, you know, go through and analyze what what your team's all about, and then you know eventually make some decisions. This is just kind of the crossroads that we're at, and um, difficult decisions. You know what? These guys are they're good people. They're, they're good family guys. They're, they, you know, they, I've been in their position before, both of them. And it's, it's not fun. Yeah. And the, they're not fun messages to deliver because I know, I know um, it turns their, their life and their family life upside down. Right. And I take it very seriously. And um, I have a lot of respect for, for all the guys in the league, but, you know, especially the guys that, that, you know, like those two that have such longevity and such great careers. And, but I think both, if you ask both of them, they, they probably, they understand what I'm trying to do as well. This is a very bizarre off season, Billy. We don't know when next season is going to start. Uh, it's very likely if it's in January and the fact that, that uh, the NHL really needs to award a cup next year by June 30th because of the Olympics on NBC that, that um, we're going to have a shortened season. Um, this is not the easiest climate to make trades. Uh, every team now might have internal budgets. Um, how, how difficult have you found the landscape out there? And from your standpoint, um, do you expect to still be a cap team next year, or does this make this very difficult even from your perspective if we don't well, have I'm full expe- revenue? I'm expecting to be a cap team. I don't know if Craig is. <laughs> that's the guy he would that have really told matters. you by now. That's the guy that really matters. Yeah. No, that's but, what he was going to tell you during lunch today. <laughs> yeah. So. I'll pick up the check. Right. Yeah. I mean, we could see some, uh, some changes in the market. It, it's, it's so far, you know, looking ahead, it's going to be a different year. So you have to, you have to proceed with caution. Um, but I, I think something that, that you can do also is be too stubborn. And, you know, it's, it's the, the, the returns of five years ago might not be what they're going to be today. And you know, like I've said in the last, you know, few minutes, we just have to do what's right for our team. And, and you know, that, that, that's it. Like, 
whatever the returns are, whatever the timing is, you have to do what you feel is right. Right. We have to take a quick break. More with Bill Guerin in a minute. But first, these messages from our sponsors. Every sports story that matters, join The Athletic for just $1 a month. Don't miss exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and save. The Stanley Cup Final is going on right now between Tampa Bay and Dallas. Watch that game last night, and our coverage at The Athletic has been absolutely awesome. If you're a Minnesota Wild fanatic, that is the place to get all your news. I'm telling you, just a buck a month is a no-brainer right now. It's I'm going to go to a Starbucks from here and spend three and a half times that for a venti americano. So I don't know what you're waiting for. Now's the time to give us a try. We got stories. We got podcasts. We got video. It's absolutely awesome. So don't miss exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and save. Sign up now to see for yourself the creativity, reporting, and storytelling that sets The Athletic apart. And if you go to theathletic.com slash straight from the source, you can receive an all-access subscription for just $1 a month. Sports are back, and you won't want to miss the breaking stories on your favorite teams, especially the Minnesota Wilds. So go to theathletic.com slash straight from the source and receive an all-access subscription for just a buck a month. We hope to see you there. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple too. Just go to roman.com source and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to roman.com slash source today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's getroman.com slash source. Getroman.com slash source. Um, Billy, we have a lot of questions, everything from goaltending to the draft to expansion to centers. Uh, let me start here. Um, for an update on uh, Carson Soucy negotiations from Aaron H. asked that question. Yeah, I mean, so far, so good. Nothing, uh, nothing done yet. But, you know, Carson's a, Carson's a kid that, uh, you know, uh, kind of had a breakthrough year for us. And, and um, he's a good player. We, we want him back in the mix. Uh, we're working on it now. And um, hopefully we can get something done soon. Is it is it is that a tough negotiation? Because now suddenly you have uh, top four D, twenty five million invested, and you know he's gone from a different marketplace because now he could technically sign with thirty other teams. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really no no different than another UFA. It's it's um, well, I guess it is because he's so young. But look, we're just trying to get something fair done. You know, mm-hmm. we don't want to, we don't want to overpay, but we sure don't want to underpay as well. And when a player uh, achieves rights, um, you know, in the CBA, then, you know, they're going to use them. You know, when we have our rights, uh, when a player doesn't have arbitration and, 
they're under our control, things like that. We use that to our advantage. Right. The players have their rights, they use that to their advantage. So what we're, what we, even when, even when we have all the, the kind of leverage, we try, we want to make fair, fair deals. And, and it, it's not, uh, you know, who wins, who loses. No, you want happy players and you want people to, to be treated fairly. Right. Um, I, uh, here's a question. I think Kalen Addison, Addison was a great addition in the Jason Zucker trade. What do you think his timeline is and what current NHL defenseman could you see him evolving into? Well, Kalen's a, um, an offensive minded defenseman. Um, you know, we hope he's watching Spurge all the time, mm-hmm. uh, because that's a great role model for him. Um, you know, he, he's, his timeline, I mean, we'll see. Uh, you know, I would, I would uh, imagine seeing him in, in quite a few American Hockey League games first. Um, but, you know, we're just like everybody else, we're going to go to training camp and, and see what he does to, uh, you know, uh, kick the door in and, and possibly earn, earn a spot. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a question from Steve T that you addressed on my last podcast pretty, uh, you know, pretty candidly that you didn't really have a great answer for him. But um, this is about Ryan Donato. Steve T asks, um, I still don't understand why Donato is relocated to fourth line duty or the press box. He's a nose for the net and shoot first mentality. Why isn't he playing on at least the second or third line? Seems more deserving than Jordan Greenway. Yeah, it's it's tough, and and you know I don't I don't disagree with the comments at all. Um, you know when you're putting lines together, you try to diff, put put together different elements. It's uh, you know different ingredients for a recipe make it all all good, and and that's what we're trying to do with lines. And um, you know Ryan was called upon to to play a specific role. Um, sometimes he was in and out. Sometimes he played a lot. Sometimes he didn't. But he was a, a true professional and always showed up and, and um, he had a good year for us. So, um, you know, that, that's really all I can say about it. Right. Do you, um, you know, he's one name I do hear out there right now, and it would make sense because uh, of the lack of role that, that maybe he has on the team. Maybe he's not even, you know, happy with that. Uh, is it fair to say that you'd be willing to move him to give him a chance elsewhere if you don't feel like it's going to happen in this organization? Yeah. Like I said before, only if it's, going to make sense for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we value Ryan. Ryan's a, he's a good guy, a good teammate, like, like all our guys there. We value him 14, even strength goals. I mean, there's that, that's not easy to do. So, um, you know, like I said, if it makes sense for us, we'll, we would do something for with anybody, I guess. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the business that we're in and right. You know, it, it's just gotta, it's gotta work for us. Right. A lot of questions, Billy, on Brennan Manel. Uh, went to the KHL, uh, didn't sign his contract uh, as a restricted free agent. So you, you guys own his rights right now. Um, you, know, you know, what do you think that, he, you know, as a young undrafted player that, that, you know, maybe he was trying to accelerate the process in the organization and, and not willing to be patient? Or what, what happened there and, and how tough is it to at least currently lose that prospect for the season? Yeah, it's 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 disappointing um, that that he kind of pulled the pulled the plug on it so early. Um, we would have preferred to have Brennan here, uh, you know, playing for us in some capacity. Uh, he got NHL games this year and did great. Um, so I, I think he proved to himself that um, you know that he could play, 
And, uh, but that, you know, hey, look, that's his decision. And, you know, we still own his rights. We still have time for him. It's not the end of the road. If, uh, you know, if he wants to come back, it's, it's for Minnesota. Um, so we're, yeah, look, everybody's got to kind of make their own decisions as they go along. And um, that was his to make. There's usually a date in a hockey season that you have to sign an unsigned restricted free agent uh, by. Do you expect that with the condensed season next year that that even if if Brennan's season ends early in the KHL, that it'd be unlikely that you could sign him and bring him and play him right away, that that most likely he's at least gone for the season? Yeah, I I, I can't answer that, Mike. I, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know the dates. Uh, you know, everything's been kind of um, switched around and then. Right. I, I don't know if that'll happen, so it's yeah. tough. Yeah, I, I don't think that they've announced those dates yet. I don't think the league knows. Um, right. um, technically, um, if it was an 82-game season le- next year, you could recall Hovanoff and uh, and uh, right. Lodnia if you wanted to. But again, with the you know the weird dates when their season ends could be after that deadline to to mm-hmm. play them right away. Goaltending. Let's get to that. A lot of good questions here, Billy. Um, I can't answer the, ask the questions about specific guys in the league, but um, let, let me start with this one on Kakinen. Uh, you know, we have heard a lot uh, of talk that Kakinen's the guy, obviously he was the goalie of the year in the AHL. Um, when will we see him get that extended look with the Wild? We could talk all we want about the guy, but we won't know until he's given an actual chance. Um, we've discussed that before, Billy. I mean, it's even from your standpoint, it's got to be dis- tough to make a long-term decision on uh with your goaltending until you see if Kakinen can do it at this level as opposed to the AHL. Yeah, and it's it's uh it's definitely tough. I mean, look at like we we would love to say, "Hey, look, here's 20 games, 30 games, whatever." I mean, that that's a big chunk of games we have to make sure that we're we're competing every night. It's not just a, "Hey, let's let's try it out for this." No, we have to make sure that he's in the right place to to win those games. Um, so whether it's, uh, you know, full-time duty or uh, backup duty or kind of up and down, uh, we, don't, we don't know yet, but um, he'll continue to see, uh, he'll, he'll get some NHL action. Right. Um, I'll ask you this blanket question uh, from a wild fan. Uh, what is the current situation with Devin Dubnik beyond the obvious? I mean, we all know that he's signed next season. I mean, that's, that's kind of it. <laughs> do you uh i mean do you for next season he's our goalie right. and that's yep. until he's not he is now you did you were pretty uh honest that you were disappointed with last year's goaltending from Devin. i mean are you confident that he can internally improve or will you have to you know make an external move and potentially trade him i know elliot friedman reported that that mark bergevin showed interest in uh in doobie before they acquired jake allen uh yeah i mean i'm no hey look doobie's uh doobie's been in this league a long time he's a professional he didn't have a great year but um hey look a lot of us can say that that we didn't have mm-hmm. good years and then you know what happens you bounce back um so you know i'm confident that he can do that uh, question, last question on goaltending with a large free agent market. How has that impacted the goalie trade market? Uh, do, do teams seem more eager to move a goalie before free agency? It is interesting because the goal, the goaltending market is just saturated right now. There's a lot of goalies available uh, via trade and, and free agency. Yeah, it seems uh, that, that there will be a lot of goalies available, which is, it's just really unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't recall ever seeing it like this, but um you know, a lot of teams have big decisions to make in that in that uh, position. 
Right. Um, let's go to centers. Uh, what center are you, uh, did you play with or from the past that best represents the attributes you're looking for in a center for the wild today? I'm sure uh, Crosby, Malkin, Doug Wade. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty good. Joe Thornton, uh, you know, like, you know, Jason Allison was a great center. I played, yeah. with, played with Doug Gilmore for a while. I, I, I was spoiled. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, hey, look, you know what? My One of my favorite teammates of all time, maybe my favorite teammate of all time is Dougie Waite. Um, you know, a guy that played with high, high skill level, great vision, could pass the puck. But he, you know, I think something that was probably always, I don't know, maybe if you look back at Doug Waite's career, like he's such a great teammate and he was tough. Mm -hmm. And you know what? When, when things got nasty out there, the, you know, you want Dougie Wade in your foxhole, and that's that's the kind of guy that uh, that that I would love to get. They're very hard to get, uh, almost impossible. But you know, I, I just like talking about my buddy. Yeah, yeah. Any any chance you're going to hire your buddy in some capacity? No, he's under contract with the New York Islanders. Right. <laughs> Um, good answer. By the way, uh, The Athletic, not only uh, do we have articles galore, but we have tons of podcasts. Uh, Tony Granato, uh, who I think Bill Guerin is familiar with, might have coached oh, him yeah. in the cup once. Um, fellow U.S. Hockey Hall of Famer, Tony Granato, uh, the head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers, uh, joins Craig Custance this week on the full 60 at The Athletic. And Michael Hirschfeld, the head of the NHL Coaches Association, joins Pierre Lebrun and Scott Burnside this week on a uh, two-man advantage. Uh, more questions at center. Um, you know, this is a really good question. Why is it so much harder to go from wing to center and not centered to wing? I mean, you, you played uh, wing a long time in the NHL, and it just seems so often. It's just amazing. I mean, we saw it with Mikhail Granlin here. He could not play center. He couldn't function. And then John Torchetti came in, moved him to wing, and he just erupted. Uh, you know, we've even seen that Bukestad was drafted to be a center and played a lot of wing in his career. We saw that with uh, with Marcus Johansson. Uh, we've seen it with so many guys. Why is it so yeah, tough? Yeah, it's it's given me a complex. Like I every anybody that that's struggling, even defensemen, they say just put them on the wing. <laughs> I didn't think it was that easy when I was playing, but I guess it's pretty easy. Yeah. Um, no, you know what? There's there's definitely less responsibility in the defensive zone. Um, you know, off of face-offs, things like that. Um, actually winning face-offs, which is difficult to do. Um, you know, you've got to cover a lot of ice. And, and they're, they're, honestly, there just is a lot more responsibility. And if you're not, like, really dedicated to that part of the game, um, then you'll, you'll struggle. Mm -hmm. um, a, a good question here is I think that – especially with the, all the Matt Dumba talkers that we're all kind of just singularly focused that you're going to go get center, center, center. Would you ever be willing to trade for a scoring forward or does it have to be a center? No, it does. I mean, to me, like I said, it, it, it's just got to make sense for us. I, I'm not saying, you know, in any trade I make or we make it, it's not, I mean, would you prefer something that, that fills a void? Yeah. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes you just have to, to, to make a trade for that, a player that you feel is going to make you guys better. Right. Adjust. Yep. And, um, you know, also in Minnesota, this person brings up Marcus Johansson, and if he doesn't become the center and you move him to wing, is there a possibility for Luke Cunning to go to center? You know, Luke Cunning, 
you know, my worry with Luke is that he's become, he's going down the path that Charlie Coyle was in Minnesota, where he never was at one position. He was always bounced back and forth, center wing, center wing, whenever the need was for the Minnesota wild, because the Minnesota wild didn't feel like it had, um, you know, quality centers up the middle. So Charlie just went back and forth. Um, you know, do, do you feel when you watch Luke, is he a winger? Is he a center? And can you keep him at one position? Because even last season, because of the void that you had there, he had to play both. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's a good quality in a player. I, I don't mm-hmm. think that's a negative. I think it's a positive um, because you know you, you you do come up on on injuries and things like that. Your your lineup can get depleted pretty quickly, and and you might have to call on a guy to do that. So, in my mind, to have a guy to have guys with versatility is is a good thing. And where we just you don't want to have to pigeonhole a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he can give you games at both positions and, and, you know, you can adjust your lineup, uh, you know, on any given night. I, I think that's a positive thing. Yeah. Um, uh, final 15 or so minutes with uh, Bill Guerin. I appreciate the time today. I appreciate Katie for setting this up and Aaron Sickman as well. Um, uh, Billy, uh, Matt Boldy, uh, is he going to get a shot at center when he turns pro? You know, there's another guy. Uh, he started center at, at uh, BC, your old stomping ground, and, and uh, you know, had a tough start to his freshman year. They move him to wing, and he just exploded. And I know whenever I talk to Bram Bombardier, he also envisions him being a winger in the NHL. What is your take on, on Matt Boldy? Yeah, I mean, that, that's, you know, I think Bombers, uh, you know, he's right on there. I, I think Matt's probably more of a winger. Um, but, you know, if uh, Jerry York at BC decides to try him at center for his sophomore season, we, we don't know what could happen. I mean, he could he could take off. But, uh, you know, he sure did have a great second half last year playing the wing. Yeah. I was shocked, by the way, Jerry York. Like, I thought it was a mistake the other day when he was put into the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. I'm like, wait, what? He wasn't there? Yeah, I know. I know. I sent him a text. I said, I guess it's another congratulations. Yeah, I know. He got into the Hockey Hall of Fame before the U.S. Filing up the awards and the accolades. And uh, he's done a great job at Boston College. It's, it's, uh, It's a great program. Yeah. Um, just one more question on centers, and then we'll just talk about the, uh, the regular uh, NHL draft coming up here in a couple weeks, uh, Bill. But um, uh, Victor Rask, what's your, what's your thoughts on him right now? I think a lot of people are looking that, uh, that you would move him if you could. Um, you know, buyout start in tomorrow. Um, it, you know, one, would you consider that, uh, even though it would be, you know, an expensive proposition in this day and age? Yeah, no, we're not buying out Victor. Victor's a good player. You know, I, I think he just, well, to be quite honest, hasn't been treated fairly. And um, he's a player that, that can contribute. He did contribute last year. And the goals that he, you know, he didn't, play much, didn't score much because of that. But the he scored a couple big goals for us coming yeah. down the stretch. And you know what? I, I have no problem having him in the lineup and, and playing for us. It is so funny, Billy, because I was looking back at his goals the other day, and every single one was a big goal. It was—I mean, oh, you look big. at the one game in Ottawa at the beginning of the year when you guys couldn't win, and he scored the only goal of that game. And uh, it's been a couple of those—the goal in Anaheim in your final game. Yeah, all big. Yeah. Um, let's go to the actual draft. Um, this one, same thing. I'm sure that Billy's going to have to kind of talk in a little bit uh, vaguely here, um, but. Uh, a lot of people are wondering center versus you know, let's start it this way. You know, you're, you're picking number nine, 
which is almost like the typical place that a Minnesota Wild general manager always has to pick. It's, it's like right, you know, sort of on that periphery. And I know that you can get a really good player, but it seems like all the mock drafts have the real top centers going above you. Um, one, do you see it that way? And two, it, you know, would you consider maybe moving up a little bit to the top or, or somewhere in the middle if, if one of the centers that Jed Brackett really covets could be there? Yeah, I'd consider it. I'd consider moving up for sure. I'd consider moving back. I'd, it, it, it all depends on, on what's available. Um, you know, Judd's uh, done a great job of uh, reorganizing our, our, our list and our uh, criteria and all that stuff. So I'm confident that we're going to, even if we stay put at nine, we are going to get a good player mm -hmm. and we're going to take the best player available. Right. Uh, Judd Brackett, by the way, will be uh, my next guest on Straight from the Source next week. He'll be on next Wednesday, so highly recommend people listen to that. Again, you're listening to Straight from the Source with Michael Russo. My guest is Billy Guerin. Uh, Billy, another goalie that I – another player that I know that uh, Judd really does like is there potentially at nine. Everybody's saying that Askarov could be a franchise goalie. Uh, last I looked, you might need goalies, even though you got Hunter Jones coming, Kakinen, Matt Robson, uh, people like that. Um, this is a tough quandary because he's a fran you know, everybody's saying he's a franchise goalie, but he's got two more years in the KHL, which uh, you're very familiar with how tough that could be <laughs> getting a guy out of the KHL. And he, you know, goaltenders take a while, um, you know, four or five years. Vasilevsky didn't just come to the NHL. You see it all the time. So if you, would you take a franchise goalie at nine that could be five, six years away from being in your lineup? Yeah. If he's the best player available, why not? I mean, mm -hmm. You know, you've, you've seen. I don't think uh, I don't I don't think Tampa regrets taking Vasilevsky. Um, it's you know, you know, a lot of a lot of great goalies have been taken in the first round. So um, nothing's. Uh, hey, look. Yeah, I mean, we would consider it for sure. Um, and last question on the draft, or one of the last questions on the draft. When going into the draft with the ninth overall pick, how do you balance wanting to get a player that will make the Im an impact the fastest versus, versus wanting to get a player that will develop into a franchise player over time? I mean, you know, that's always the biggest quandary from a general manager standpoint is like, look, you, you want to win right away. Um, you know, all GMs want to build for the future of their organization, but sometimes it is enticing to get the guy that's going to be on the team the quickest, right? Yeah, you want the guy that's going to be the best for you for the long haul. Mm -hmm. like it's a it's a very very difficult thing to make the the National Hockey League as an eighteen year old, mm -hmm. and you don't want you don't want that type of pressure on on a on a kid unless he's ready for it because it, it can really do damage to your confidence. And if that happens to you at an early age, it, it takes a long time. Or it can take a long time to, to, to get back from that. So, um, you know, like, like I said, we're going to, we want to take the guy that's going to be the best for us and, you know, for, for a long time. And, you know, if that takes a, a year or two to, for him to develop and then get to us and then that's fine um, mm -hmm. because we want, we feel we can get an impact player at, at nine. Cool. Uh, final few questions for Bill Guerin. Um, Bill on trades. Um, you know, this is actually a good question. You know, curious how the different strategies in discussing trades with GMs, waiting for proposals versus initiating proposals. Is every tr trade conversation you have sort of the similar mechanics or, or is it totally different every single time? And, 
And when you, you know, you have that question that pops in your head, Hey, is that guy available? How do you, how do you usually go about it? I just ask, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, you know, certain guys better than others. So you're a little more comfortable in your conversations, but I, I mean, some of the things that, that are asked are a little crazy, but if, if they don't, if guys don't ask, then they don't know. So I'm sure there have been other GMs that hang up the phone and say, he's a, that Garen's out of his mind. <laughs> um, but like I said, it's, it's never to, it's never to, you know, to insult anybody or, or, or play games or that's the one thing I don't believe in is, is playing games and, and, you know, that's what Jim Rutherford always taught me was just make a fair deal because if All you right. don't, you'll never do a deal with that guy again. And, uh, you know, you want as many trade partners out there as possible. And and I respect all the other GMs. They're all great hockey guys and have treated me well in my first year. So uh, uh, it's, a, it's a nice fraternity to be involved with. Yeah. Imagine if the Kings never made that first phone call and say, hey, uh, any chance we can get that Gretzky guy? Yeah, you know, yeah I mean, exactly. Perfect. So you should try it. McDavid, McKinnon. Some of these guys might be available. Uh, you can't answer. I haven't. Who says I haven't? <laughs> um, couple more uh, with Billy. Uh, let me see. Um, it, you know, here's a good one. Uh, it's no secret that Zucker, Coyle, Niederreiter, and Granlin were fair favorite, fair fan favorites, and it's also no secret that Dumba is too. Does that factor into your willingness to trade that player or into what you ask for return? It, it is always interesting. You always got to weigh that that balance, right, of what it's going to do to to you know. To, I'm sure there, there were a lot of Bill Guerin fans back in the day, little kids that just started crying when they found out that Bill Guerin was traded. Uh, does, but yeah. does, that, does that affect, uh, you know, sometimes the, their stature in the community, what, how you address this? Or is it always just business, business, business? It's, it's, it's business. It is. And I, I understand that. And I'm very sympathetic to it. And just want the, the fans to have a team on the ice that, uh, that they're proud of and, um, can bring a winner. So that, and that, that's my job. And, you know, there's no matter who, who gets, you know, who gets traded or it, they always have a fan base and it's, it's tough on the fans and I get it. I get it. And, um, you know, it, it's tough to see, but, uh, like, like I said, I, I have a job to do and, and I know there are a lot of tough decisions and, um, that, but that's my job. Yep. Um, Billy, uh, somebody asks, uh, does Nico Sturm get an honest shot to make the starting roster next year? I mean, that, that I'm sure right now the way the, the, the depth chart stands, he does, but you never know what tomorrow brings in terms of acquisitions. Yeah, I mean, you know what, Nico's a, a great kid. He's done a lot of good things. Um, he played well for us this year in Iowa. He came up and uh, gave us some good games and played great in the playoffs. So, um, But you know what? Next year's a new year, and a young kid like that, you have to come in and earn it. Mm -hmm. uh, nothing, nothing will be given. You, will, if, if you're going to get something, you're going to earn it. Right. Uh, a couple questions on Kaprizov here, um, Billy. First of all, I mean, he was he was here, you know, pretty much never left the St. Paul Hotel. Uh, he was here almost the entire part of his quarantine. Um, you know, what did he think of the area? What did you guys think of him? And how awkward was the whole situation of just trying to get him over here and and uh, and, uh, it wasn't awkward at all. It was just difficult. Um, you know, I mean, there were a lot of hurdles at that time, and but it was well worth it. We had a great, great visit with him. He, uh, I think he liked the areas that he saw, which weren't many, but um, he was excited. <laughs> he, 
he was excited to be here and and we're we're really looking forward to it he's a he's a great kid great personality is um you know got by real well on his english and um it's exciting to to have him in the mix yeah that was one of the questions do you feel like you have to get somebody whether it's a teammate that's russian or a translator in the organization somebody to help him or or no 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 he's going to be fine his his english is is very good it, I mean, from from what I've seen from other players coming in, and you know, he, he's gonna he's gonna be fine, and he'll he'll be he'll be fluent in no, in no time. Right. Um, one expansion question: uh, What is being done to protect the core of the team for the upcoming expansion draft? I feel we lost too much to Vegas. Well, just you know, we have to make decisions on on who we want to protect. Some guys mm-hmm. have built in protection, and you know, again, these are all difficult decisions because. You can't protect everybody. So chances of us losing a good player are, are pretty good. And that's disappointing, but that's, that's going to be the same for 31 other teams and, and, uh, or 30 other teams. It's, that's just the way it is. Uh, two or three more quickies with Billy. Uh, Billy, Joseph asks, um, you know, this is really a good question. I've never actually talked to you about your thoughts on offer sheets. Uh, can you talk about how GMs view the offer sheet and could tendering one sour relationships or reputations? Is it viewed as a total no-no or just another tool uh, because there's a considerable amount of RFAs eligible for an offer sheet in this very uh, difficult climate out there? This might be the year to actually take a, you know, a flyer on an offer sheet. I'll be honest with you. I don't know because I haven't considered it. And Mm -hmm. I haven't been around long enough to kind of, uh, see if it, I haven't, you know, I've been at the GM meetings now and I, I don't, I don't see any animosity and or anything like that. But again, I haven't been around that long. I, I'm sure, I'm sure it can it can make things difficult on on some teams. But those are also the rules. There's one GM I'd be scared to do an offer sheet with and, uh, against, and that's Lou Lamarello. You, you don't want to be on his list. No, you don't. I don't want to be on his list as a as a beat writer. I can't only imagine. Um, no, two more, Billy. Honestly, but you want to have him on your side. He's, yes, he is. Uh, been a mentor to me like I want he's another guy I want him in my foxhole and right very loyal very uh you know you'd be surprised how compassionate he is and the people that he's helped along the way it's pretty amazing he's an right. amazing guy yeah uh, a couple more uh here's a good question Billy uh, what's the best path for a non-former athlete to eventually get into a a, a front office role We're, we've seen that a lot is that you know, players, uh, people in front offices, whether you're general manager or not, that really never played at a high level, but, but get in there. But it's, it's, you know, like every vocation, it's, it's got to be a hard place to crack. It's hard. It's hard. But you know what? Get educated. Be educated. You know what? If the more education that you have, you, you got your, your undergrad, maybe you need a, a, a master's in business or, um, you know, a, a law degree, um, but you got to know the business. You have to know the game. Uh, that always helps, and, and just and, and study it and, and be persistent. I get emails every day of people that want jobs or are looking for jobs and qualified people, uh, smart people. But and that's what I you know I, I I tell my kids just make sure whatever job you want, make sure you're educated and and make sure you know the business. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned your, uh, your your children. I know that they've been back here with you a lot during this pandemic uh, in your probably a, a pretty tight apartment. 
uh, you know, being empty nesters for you and your wife to suddenly have your grown up kids back there. I'm sure it's been a blessing and a curse at times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, you know, and after a couple months, we went, we went out to New Jersey and, and we have a house at the shore there and, and my, uh, my older girls are there. My youngest daughter's back at school and, and my son's down in, in New Mexico, uh, getting ready for his hockey season. So it's, uh, we're, we're all kind of spread out again. And, uh, it was awesome having them around for, you know, being, a, being, being so close again for, for a couple months, we miss them already. Yeah. And last question, uh, Billy, this is a good one. Uh, I just moved to Minnesota from the East coast. Why should I drop my team and adopt the wild as my favorite team? What would be your, uh, your big recruiting message to somebody on, on why the, the Minnesota wild have a bright future? Hey, you know what? You got to hey, look, you got to support the team and in, in your hometown. I mean, that's, we've done it everywhere we've moved. You know what? When we went to Pittsburgh, it was, we were all in with the Steelers, all in with the Pirates. It's, uh, it's what you got to do. So, uh, and I don't know what team you cheer for, but you put that jersey in the closet and uh, come down to the lodge and buy a, buy a wild jersey. <laughs> that's the perfect GM right there. From, that's why you were hired by, uh, yeah, by Craig Leopold, help, help gain revenue. Hey, Billy, I really do appreciate your time, especially when you just told Craig Leopold you couldn't pick him up at the airport. Um, <laughs> No. But I'm I'm more more than willing to join you guys for lunch. I got nothing doing the rest of the day. I'll definitely call you for that job shadow okay. that we're gonna do for the rest yeah, of the day. I'll send you some notes. <laughs> um, you know, Billy, really do appreciate it. Again, it's a Thanks busy time during yeah, the off it was fun. Yep, and I uh, hope everybody enjoyed this. And again, if you're not an athletic subscriber, uh, go to theathletic.com/slash create from the source, and you can get in for a dollar a month. Uh, Billy, uh, best the rest of the day, and I'm sure I'll be seeing you on a Zoom. Thanks. Soon. Thanks everybody for joining. Thank you. Yeah. Take care.